You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Mario Rivera, Vice President of Development and Innovation for ID Logistics. The evolution of the logistics industry thrives on innovation in areas like operations, communication, and technology. But what if your company could develop an in-house innovation incubator to generate innovative ideas and bring them to market? ID Logistics has done just that with their Innovation Games, which challenges the company to bring the next big idea to light. Mario Rivera, Vice President of Development and Innovation, shares what goes on when ID Logistics let the games begin. Joining me today is Vice President of Development and Innovation for ID Logistics, Mario Rivera. Mario, thank you so much for joining the Inbound Logistics Podcast today. It's nice to be here. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you. Uh, first off, how are you holding up with everything that's going on? How have you been uh, coping? <laughs> well, as well as anyone, you know, missing, uh, missing traveling and uh, being able to uh, get out of the house more often from time to time. But, uh, you know, with two young boys uh, who were home, home uh, with school most of the time through the pandemic, luckily they're back in school now. Uh, it was a bit of a challenge, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, we got a chance to uh, to spend more time with our families. There was some positive to it, uh, and uh, but certainly looking forward to getting my vaccine and uh, getting back to, to some normalcy. <laughs> Hopefully sooner rather than later, for sure. Agreed. <laughs> Mario, uh, do me a favor and introduce yourself to our audience. Give us a little bit about your background in the industry and what you're doing with ID Logistics today. Sure. So my name is Mario Rivera. I'm the vice president of development and innovation for ID Logistics here in the United States. Uh, for those of you who, who don't know who ID Logistics is, we're a multinational uh, 3PL or logistics service provider based in France. We we're in 17 countries and you know a lot of, of our operations are in Europe, but we do have uh, extensive operations in Asia and Indonesia, Taiwan, China, as well as South America and Brazil, Argentina. And most recently here in the United States, we've reopened the subsidiary in 2019 and looking to, to expand in this market uh, quickly. Uh, my role at ID Logistics, I'm responsible for business development uh, and also innovation for the U.S. subsidiary. Uh, which kind of already starts to tell the story of, of of the topic of today's podcast is uh, you know for for us in ID Logistics we view innovation as a critical component of how we attain and retain our business. Uh, you know in today's environment we need to have innovative material handling uh, solutions and processes uh, within our facilities to really provide a, a value proposition to our customers. Uh, and to prove why they should be engaging with us uh, to do their logistics work as opposed to uh, handling it themselves. You know, we pride ourselves in having a lot of experts, not not just experts with their expertise in in innovation and and different automation uh, techniques, but also in in what we're going to talk about today and having a program uh, that really allows all of our employees to be participants in the process and uh, and really draw those ideas from from everyone on the floor uh, so that they can materialize and and really be implemented and and be used to the benefit of our customers. 
Yeah. Now, speaking to that critical component, uh, that innovation program that you're speaking of is uh, something that is, is really interesting. Uh, you have a, an interesting approach to pulling that innovation uh, from your uh, employees. You have something called the Innovation Games and uh, the Innovation Booster. Uh, I believe they're two separate programs, but uh, can you go into exactly what we're talking about when we talk about this comprehensive and, and really critical program for ID Logistics? Yes. So, so the idea was, you know, how can we, you know, as is all of us, we, we like to play games. We like to gamify our lives. And uh, it really does create an environment of competition that helps people, uh, motivates people and, and helps us thrive and, and generate ideas. And so, you know, we began the program with the innovation games. And really the idea was to have a competition where all of our countries uh, and sites were encouraged to submit ideas for new innovations, uh, either things that they were uh, they had already done and, and had completed in their locations and they believed uh, were, were good innovations or sometimes simply ideas that, that needed additional development, but that uh, you know, they wanted to submit for us to evaluate and, and rank and determine if we wanted to invest in them. So the program began this way, and you know we we had really great success with this. Uh, and this this began, uh, you know, gosh, almost uh, six seven years ago. Um, from there, we started to realize that you know, wow, we have all these great ideas. Uh, how can we get more implementation of them? Because you know, at the end of the day. Uh, one great idea and in one of our 300 plus locations is good, but if, if, if really there's value to it, we need to find a way of, of replicating and disseminating these ideas. And so then entered the, the second sort of leg of the program, the innovation booster, uh, where, you know, of, of all the previous year's submissions uh, for the innovation games, and not just the winners of, of the innovation game contest, but but really the, the top, you know, say top uh, 40, 50 ideas. It depends every year, you know, based upon you know what's what's submitted. But essentially, uh, there's a curated list of ideas that are, are taken from last year's innovation games that are brought into this year's innovation booster. And then it becomes a catalog where we then encourage our sites to essentially replicate last year, you know, the best of last year's ideas at their sites so that uh, we then have a secondary competition that we award based on the level of replication that each country engages in. Uh, and they have to combined, you know, not only do we have a sort of a program to, to birth or, you know, generate ideas, but then we have a program to then provide incentive for for the dissemination and replication of those ideas uh, in other places. And you know, I think together they really uh, push uh, push our employees to to really continue to drive that innovation into our sites and impress our customers with um, new ideas and new concepts. And in the end, of course, they're all about driving safety, reducing cost, improving our productivity. Uh, of course, lately, 
uh, the topic of sustainability is is huge for us. So, you know, they also center around sustainable practices. You know, sometimes it's not necessarily just uh, cost savings, but looking how we can uh, be better uh, better stewards of our environment and uh, drive our, our sustainability programs forward as well. Yeah. Sounds like such a great way to spur that creativity um, across all of your uh your offices now is this then a, a global competition it is a global competition you know the the innovation games we 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 awarded the site level mm-hmm. it is a global competition both of them the innovation games we we awarded the site level uh, because we want to you know really uh, recognize specific sites and teams that, that have come up with the with the individual ideas uh, the Innovation Booster really is awarded more at the country level because they're uh, what we're looking to do is to to have all of the operations of the country really um, collaborate with each other to to drive as much um, replication as possible. And uh, you know that one gets interesting because of course there's uh, you know, everyone has pride in their in their site, of course, of course and you want to win. But I think there's a bit of a, an extra motivation when, when you have pride in, in, in your country and your team. And uh, it sort of pits uh, all of our countries against each other. And there's there's a bit of fun with it. No, that's really cool. The Olympics of uh, innovation there. So uh, with, with that many sites, though, and, and with so many competitors, what uh, goes into making up that voting committee? And then on uh, what criteria do they base their selections? Yeah, no, the, so the voting committee is every one of our subsidiaries, our countries, they, has an, an individual such as myself responsible for innovation management. Uh, then depending on the, the size and the, the scale of, of the operations in each country, of course, we then may have additional staff members that are, that are focused on innovation support uh, across the different sites. So those, you know, those individuals are a part of the committee. Of course, our executive uh, leadership is part of the committee. Uh, we then have, um, you know, a lot of different folks in the operations leadership of each country uh, that will take part in the committee. We, uh, the site managers are, are not part of the, the voting committee because uh, obviously there's, you know, their sites have projects in play. Uh, but, you know, there's, it really depends by country. We probably have, um, I believe, last I checked, uh, there's about 300 plus voting members. Uh, some of some of them are part of our engineering groups, um, and so yeah, it's it's a well-rounded uh, selection of individuals uh, that that are part of that voting committee, and uh, you know some of the some of the competitions come really close. Well, when the voting comes out, we, we usually have uh, about two weeks to go through it online. And it's not just click buttons. We, we try to also gather information from the voting committee. You know, we force all voters to, to provide details on, on their selections and then why they've made their selections. And it's actually interesting that the information that's gathered from that creates, you know, a wealth of, of kind of uh, targeting information for next year. You know, from it, we're able to see 
you know, why are people voting for these projects and what was it that they found valuable? And it, it helps us to then uh, provide direction on where should we be focusing our time and innovation based on, on what people are, are, are providing in terms of the voice of their customer and, and, and how, how it's helped them. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, so what are some of those details that they look at when they're voting? It, you know, are, are they looking at uh, are primarily cost? Are they looking at um, technical uh, expertise or anything like that? What kind of things go into some of those uh, voting criteria? Well, so we go into, for, for the innovation games, you know, where, where it's technically, you know, new ideas, uh, we're looking across those elements of, A, you know, safety, mm-hmm. Uh is this helping to to provide a safer work environment quality you know is is this innovation allowing us to increase the quality of service uh, or production that we have for our customer uh, there's cost obviously you know what's what's the cost benefit uh, of this idea uh, there's another element is ease of implementation you know, because obviously, you know, we can get into Star Wars <laughs> and, and certain types of innovation that, you know, are really driven by by some large scale automation investment, uh, which, you know, we welcome. And there are entries that, that are very complex um, automation installations that have gone on in some of our sites. But we also want to allow... And we want to incentivize innovations that, that are easy to implement, that are very replicatable, because that kind of, uh, you know, sometimes large automation projects really are uh, work with a particular type of uh, profile in a, in a building. It doesn't mean that we can, you know, take a $10 million um, automation project and put it into a small site because it, it doesn't make sense, right? So we want to, uh, the ease of implementation element is is really about incentivizing uh, very replicatable ideas and and then sustainability. Uh, does, this, does this have an element of providing, um, you know, any sort of uh, savings on materials or reducing our waste production, uh, reducing our electrical consumption, uh, and these types of things, uh, or our carbon footprint. Uh, and that you know, we basically have uh, grading scales across those different elements. And you know, there's a numeric calculation that comes into play to, to rank the ideas. But then ultimately, uh, you know, that provides a ranking that, that gets us to a core set uh, out of the, the, you know, hundreds that we that we have submitted. You know, we, we it's not always a perfect thing. You know, we have ties numerically, right? So we want to, sometimes it's, you know, our finalists are top 30, top 40. It, it really depends each year. But from there, it really becomes a voting. Um, it's an open vote. And that way we allow people to, uh, you know, despite how it's ranked, uh, we want to get a, uh, an, open, uh, an open vote to see, uh, you know, what really appeals to people. So uh, can you take us then through some uh, specific examples of some previous winners and 
uh, maybe talk a little bit about some of the most adopted ideas because it sounds so interesting. So uh, I imagine uh, there's definitely a certain uh, certain bit of pride that comes along with winning this. Yes, I mean, a couple of ideas. You know, the, the Internet of Things angle has played heavily here in the last few years. Uh, yeah, there's a number of, for example, um, sensors, very basic sensors that we can place on our warehouse floor. Uh, it's oftentimes, let's say, place you place a sensor in a, in a supply area, uh, whereas, you know, a supply is diminished, such as a pallet. Uh, you know, the sensor is able to measure the distance and understand that, hey, we're running low here uh, and it can trigger a replenishment order. And we've tied that to, for example, uh, some smart watches that we have. You know, we may have supply runners within the facility that are automatically notified uh, on a device that they wear when some a certain replenishment needs to be done, for example, or it triggers our system to to create a replenishment order. Um, you know, those have been pretty interesting and been used for a lot of different applications. Um, you know, we've used put to light technology in many places where, you know, obviously we're doing a lot of picking and, and order fulfillment and uh, the, the productivity of employees is, is critical. And, you know, so we've used uh, put to light technology, you know, not just in, you, know, you probably see lately a lot of these smart carts as they're referred to, but um, just different ways of, of having um, picking carts that utilize put-to-light technology to facilitate the picking process for, for our operators. Uh, we've extended that into actual forklifts and, and case picking, which is you know not necessarily something that you typically use put-to-light for, but uh, you know, we've we've actually patented a, a device um, that we called ID Smart that utilizes a, a put-to-light technology down down aisles that, that a, a carton picker can essentially go down an aisle with a uh, an order picker that is essentially having you know automatically stopping where a pick is to be made and there's a, a light that lights up on the on the aisle that indicates where a picker is to make the pick and it's uh, integrated with a camera that essentially records this information um and does validation for quality control as the picker is going through the picking process uh, which then eliminates the the need to really do a lot of auditing at the end of the process because we're essentially auditing uh, as we go. Yeah, those are interesting. We've done a lot of stuff with uh, cycle counting. You now you hear a lot about using uh, uh, drones to do cycle counting, which you know we employ uh, in a number of locations. We've also done some some things where we've we have these devices that, that attach to forklifts um, and high reach forklifts where we're able to essentially from the ground have an operator use a high reach forklift and and bring up this device that's a scanner uh, and is able to scan uh, the barcodes on pallets that are you know, extremely high in our in our racking. Uh, and help facilitate the, the cycle counting process. 
Um, you know, one of our winners last year was uh, these smart glasses, we referred to them, but essentially it was it's a combination of a heads-up display uh, worn by our, you know, through these glasses worn by our, our operators that are also tied to an audio uh, device. And it allows a, a picker to go down an aisle and essentially be uh, directed to a position where they make a pick uh, and they're able to to pick to graphic, you know, in, in some of the applications we have, we may have hundreds of SKUs that look very similar, you know, especially in the cosmetics industry. You know, the box looks exactly the same, but it's just a different color, let's say. And by having pick to graphic and, and having a heads up display that shows the, the picker, the product, uh, we ensure quality. You know, not only are we doing an improvement in productivity because this person now is essentially they're able to scan with the glasses by looking at the device, at the product. So their, their hands are free to, to use, to, to do the work. Uh, but they're also, you know, being presented with information that helps uh, the quality uh, of the pick. You know, one very neat one that, you know, I thought what a simple idea was, uh, we had a warehouse that uses a lot of shrink wrap and, you know, shrink wrap is the thing that a lot of times uh, you get towards the end of a roll and, and we have uh, operators that uh, may throw it away too early. And, and you'd be surprised how, how much you waste in that. And so we had these machines, we have this innovation where uh, it's a, it's a machine that essentially is able to check in and out the shrink wrap rolls. It's able to, you know, at the end of a shift, we we can check in the rolls. You know, we, we have our operators really not throw things away and and it's able to measure what's left on it and you know how many more pallets can we get out of it and just manage the usage of of these shrink wrap rolls better. And in, in an operation where you use, you know, tens of thousands of these things a year, it actually adds up. I mean, not just from a financial perspective, but also from a, uh, you know, sustainability perspective. Well, those are, those are, uh, you know, a few, I'll tell you one last one that I thought was really interesting. It's, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the device you, uh, I don't know about right now because most of us are not going to restaurants, but if you think back when we, when we could, um, you, sometimes you get in a, on a wait list in a restaurant. You get one of those devices that sort of beeps when when it's your turn. Well, we had a lot of operations where we we have trucks that queue, waiting to to either unload or, or be loaded, uh, and where we uh, you know these individuals would be idling. So so there's a couple of components here, right? These individuals would be idling, waiting because they're not exactly sure when you know when it's going to happen. And so I mean that's one that's an environmental component there. Uh, but also you know we uh, we want the people that work with us and our and our trucking and, and transportation partners to have a good experience and, and an efficient experience in our in our warehouses and. We actually started having uh, using those devices really to, as our our trucking partners uh, showed up, we have people outside that are able to check them in in their cabs, 
provide them these devices uh, and and really were able to then uh, quote unquote beep them and provide them very basic instructions through the device on you know what what gate to enter, what door to position at. That has been deployed in just about every one of our warehouses now, and it's a very low cost solution that requires no integration to to your WMS or it's really a standalone thing that can be managed independently. And it, we've gotten great feedback from our our transportation partners and 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 even just the flow of of scheduling. Uh, uh, in our docks, that just makes us more efficient and, and reduces labor, and and you know drives cost savings for our customers. It's fascinating, not just the innovations, but uh, the the different perspectives that uh, that birth those innovations. <laughs> um, but uh, speaking to that, then uh, with a, a global competition in play, uh, do do you notice uh, that the innovative submissions uh, vary by region? Uh, is there a particular region that uh, comes up with, uh, say, more innovative ideas than others? And um, yeah, are, are there different departments, different functions that that contribute to that? Well, this is a, uh, I got to be careful with this question. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the truth is, we as a company, we are we have more operations in Europe than any other continent, and so obviously, I think we just from the numbers. We have a lot more ideas that come from from our European operations at the moment, but you know that's part of what competition is there for is to you know give give the other locations some pride in and knowing that uh, they're also participating in in the program. Um, yeah, as far as departments, we have our our a lot of our ideas come from from the warehouse operations. You know, really a lot of the site leaders. I think a lot of times the site leaders and and the line level sort of supervisors, um, you know, they're in they're in sort of the line of fire. You know, they're they they're often getting comments from you know the operators doing the work, and they're the ones that are able to really synthesize and have those aha moments of like you know I've gotten ten different people saying the same thing. What if I did this to improve that. Uh, so we really have, I would say a lot of our ideas come from our, our site management that, but in many ways they're, they're the voice of the operators. You know, sometimes they're operators and that's a, a lot of what we, what I like about this, this program is, you know, I've, other companies I've been at before, of course, you've always, you, you hear about, um, Lean and Six Sigma and continuous improvement programs. And, you know, they're often very administrative intensive, right? You got to create a, a very formal project plan and make a submission and go through this process. It's, um, well, let's face it, we don't, a lot of our floor level operators are just, they don't have time to do or, or uh, really that's not their focus. And so by have, I feel like the way we do the program here at ID Logistics, it just makes it more accessible to folks. And we, we have our site leaders really be the champions for, for their employees and, and bubble these ideas up. 
through through more basic submissions. You know, of course, when we we get into certain projects that are you know multi million dollar investments in automation, and those follow a very traditional business case process, right? That we have to make a case to the business to make the investment. But once we get to that level, you know, we have people from our finance teams and engineering teams involved that support uh, putting together those business cases. But we really try to collect those ideas directly from people that are that are out on the floor. I would say, you know, it's interesting in, in some of our European operations, you know, we get a lot of um, – because they're large, and in many cases, you know, we it's uh, we may have more access to capital, and so we get a lot of these very high-end automation ideas that bubble up. And then, you know, it's interesting, and in, you know, some of our operations in China and Taiwan, Indonesia, uh, where we're smaller as a company, and and some of our operations may be more basic. Uh, we get a lot more of these. Uh, uh, smaller manual type of innovations, um, which are just as creative, frankly, and and drive as much value comparatively to to those operations, right? Because you know, again, if you have a smaller operation, uh, you can't invest several million dollars. You know, of course, you can come up with an idea that would make things better that you know requires several million dollars of automation, but you can't really. Uh, you know, the cost benefit of, of the operation doesn't allow it. So relatively speaking, for for the scope of their operation, you know, those those smaller innovations are just as uh, as much of a step movement in productivity as, as it is when you when you have a half million square foot warehouse in in Germany where we invest a couple million dollars in, in some automated process. So that's, that's, what's really neat about it is, um, different levels of innovation can really be just as, as, um, fruitful based on the, the scale of, of the operation that's, that's bringing it forward. Right now with the accessibility to the program, uh, you must get some great engagement from your team members. Uh, what are some of the soft ROI benefits that, uh, that you guys see, uh, from that engagement? You know, like like I mentioned before, the, the, the sense of competition really drives some camaraderie amongst the countries, right? Uh, just just trying to, especially with the booster program, uh, it creates some collaboration between the different sites to encourage each other to replicate more, so that you know the country as a whole can be the winner. And so there's definitely that sense of of uh, additional collaboration that comes with it. You know, there's also just just the the employee engagement. You know how how our employees feel about working at ID Logistics. Yeah, the 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 logistics and supply chain uh, field. Uh, you know, there's typically a lot of turnover in the workforce. You know, let, let's face it. Sometimes these are difficult, repetitive jobs that. Uh, but, you know, as we see here with Amazon, for example, I mean, sometimes uh, a very small difference in pay uh, can have some of our employees, you know, move and want to leave and, and go work somewhere else. And so we always have to worry about, you know, how, how do our employees feel about coming to work in our buildings and, and how can we retain them and make them um, feel valued and and, and 
make it fun to work <laughs> at our warehouses. And, and yeah, you'd be surprised how uh, just having better work methods, better information, some things that make their, their daily lives easier really goes a long way. And uh, having, you know, cool devices and tools to use. I mean, it's, it's, I learned this uh, in, in one of my previous jobs where I was you know, more, fo more focused on transportation and it's, it's, you know, everybody talks about the driver shortage. Uh, we've been talking about that for decades. Right. And, you know, one of the biggest things we, we really used at this previous company was the fact that, you know, drivers like to have a nice truck. They like to get into a nice cab that has, you know, cool features, you know, safety features. And it's, you'd be surprised how, how much that means. You know, you may have a situation where, you know, you have the same pay at another place, but, you know, you know that here in one of our warehouses, you know, you get to work with this particular piece of automation every day that you find interesting and, um, that can be a decision point. So it, I think that there's a big value to that, to, to having people uh, excited about how they do their work. Uh, and, and some of these innovations can really impact that um, and help us, you know, be, I hate to use the term, but, you know, be an employer of choice uh, because that's, that's key for us to, to retain our talent and, and continue to provide uh, quality service to our to our customers. Right now, speaking of the uh, customers, uh, they have to come out uh, a winner in, in from some of this. Uh, how do ID Logistics customers then benefit from this entire program? Well, I mean, they. I think the benefit comes very often financially. In a lot of our operations, we. Yeah, you know, our commercial structure is such that as as we reduce the cost of operations for our customers, they see the value directly and, and just reduced uh, invoices, quite frankly. I mean, just to be direct. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, sometimes it's interesting to, to have the mentality of like, well, you know, here we are innovating and, and reducing our revenues. But, you know, that's... That's the game, to put it simply. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, if your customers don't see value in what you're doing year over year, uh, you may not have them very long. And so you got you to gotta take a long-term a long -term approach to, to, to that thought, right, where uh, we, we may reduce our revenue year over year, but, you know, we'll – because – of the value we bring, you know, instead of running one warehouse, maybe next year we'll be running two and three and four and we're growing with the customer. And, and overall, uh, it's a good proposition. And, you know, we often see some of our customers really, uh, you know, and I don't want to say steal our ideas, but, but they do. Uh, and, and we encourage it. You know, we don't, in many situations, we're not, it's, it's very rare that, uh, we run all the warehouses for a particular customer, right? I mean, in many cases, we have our own competitors. You know, we have competitors that are running a piece of it, and, and we're running another piece. And and sure, our our customers they see the things we do, and uh, and we know that 
you know, they, they bring these ideas to, to not only their own teams, but, you know, they may suggest it to some of our competitors and, uh, you know, we don't take the approach. We do have some things that we've patented actually. Uh, we've had some good idea, very good ideas that we've patented. We've worked with uh, equipment manufacturers to, to really build. Uh, and, and, you know, we, course try to protect some of that intellectual property for, for but for the most part a lot of these ideas are things that where we are we're utilizing devices and technologies that already exist and just using them creatively and and we know that these ideas are, are taken and maybe shared with our competitors but at the end of the day it's good to be in that position you know if if your customer seeing you as the person helping them make there are other providers better, uh, you know, I'll take that seat in that role any day. And uh, we, we can leverage that to, to grow and, and continue to, to add to the, to the scale of our company. And, and in the end, that's, that's what it's all about. And um, they benefit from, you know, many of our customers are, are uh, they have sustainability goals just as we do. I mean, that's that's just something that, that the market expects these days, companies to be talking about how they're being sustainable. And, uh, and, and a lot of times, some of our projects they use, you know, they, they take the the gains that we're, we are having in, at their facilities and they use it uh, for, for their own purposes of their sustainability programs and to, to show progress in their own goals. Uh, so there's there's a number of benefits, and of course, safety um, is is another huge thing. That um, uh, look just out of just out of being a good citizen, a good human being. I mean, I think most most companies have social responsibility initiatives as well, which safety is a part of. And and again, the gains that we that we gain uh, are also something that you know they can benefit from and 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 look there's a there's a financial incentive to safety as well right i mean it, having unsafe environments uh lead to accidents and and those are costly so you know so aside from being a good citizen and socially responsible at the end uh there is a financial component to just about all these things even sustainability uh so it it all kind of it all ties together, if you will. <laughs> Sounds like a super interesting program. Uh, where can the audience go to find out more information about the Innovation Games, Innovation Boosters, and uh, ID Logistics? Well, look, a lot, a lot of this information we see is proprietary, so I can't necessarily give you a, a place where folks can, can download uh, <laughs> our catalog of innovations. Fair enough, right? fair enough. But uh, but certainly, I encourage folks to reach out to us and, and and you know set up some time with some of our ex some of our experts to uh, we can discuss and share information directly uh, with anyone that's interested in, in engaging with us. Uh, uh, you can reach us at solutions.id-logistics.com. And I'll, I'll say that a second time, just good practice. It's uh, solutions.id-logistics.com. 
com. Of course, if you want to reach me directly, you know, my uh, email is mrivera, that's M-R-I-V-E-R-A, at id-logistics.com. And, uh, you know, I, I welcome any any inquiries and, and uh, information requests and look forward to speaking to some of you out there. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, that link and your email will be in the show notes. So anybody that's listening that wants to get in touch uh, can click right there. Mario Rivera, thank you so much for that uh, fascinating discussion. Best of luck to you and to ID Logistics and uh, may the uh, innovation games continue to thrive and uh, continue to innovate. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate you giving us uh, time here to, to talk about our program that we're proud of and uh, have a great day. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.